For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Yeah, man, I'm in Cleveland. Mmm, sorry. <laughs> in the words of our good brother, Joaquin. Nobody goes to vacate. Nobody goes to Cleveland for vacation. I believe. I think obvious shirts might sell a shirt that says that. They do. I have that shirt. So what's so, still cool, what's so cool about Cleveland? I don't want to mention it if uh, they they aren't still selling it. Yo, that was. Mm. You can tell Joe Keem was like the best at the roasting table because that's <clears throat> um. Like, I felt that one, because that's all facts. Man, sir, what's so cool about Cleveland? You you guys think Cleveland's cool? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. He oh, had man. so many good... Uh, that's 100% true. And they couldn't say anything back. Like, the city, the, the yeah. team, Twitter, like, you can't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when Chris Bryant went after St. Louis. Yeah. The best part about Cleveland is they have these restaurants that specialize in grilled cheese around the Cleveland metro area. So that's pretty cool. But <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, Cleveland tourism videos? No. Oh, they're really good. They're a few years old now, but like there's two of them. They're each a minute long. It's a song. It's made by somebody in Cleveland. And it's like, come and look at both of our buildings. <laughs> that's hilarious. See our river that catches on fire. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Under construction since 1868. See our river that catches on fire. Yeah, man. City number six on the pod tour. This was probably the least exciting of the cities, but we can't help that. That's a stay at the airport city for me. Airport Airport Hilton. Dragging their feet on this. What? When are they going to change the name? Why are they dragging their the feet on this? Baseball team? Yeah. I mean, look at look at the football team. Look at They said they're going Washington. to, though, didn't they? Haven't they already decided they're going to change it? Or no? I think they said they were going to change, but it's not going to be till like for a couple of years. I like, feel like once Washington. Once you decide you're going to change it, you have to get rid of the old name right away like like Washington like Washington football did. And I like Washington. You can't be like, this is a bad name, but we're going to keep using it for another year or two. I mean, I'm with you. I just don't think that's how they went about it. Um, But the thing with the football team is like they could have come up with a name, jerseys, all that in the same summer. Nah, nah, that's a big decision, man. Is it? You you expect when you name a team, you're going to have that name forever. Okay. You're not going to be changing it. But they like you really want to. I'm okay with them taking some time thinking about it. It doesn't take two years. 
they are playing under it again this year. I believe that's already settled. But, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, you're going on beyond year three and you still haven't come up with, it doesn't take that long. I think I kind of, I don't really mind Washington football team. It's kind of like, I like Washington football team. Yeah, It's kind of okay. Yeah. That's gross. It's a good temporary name, I guess. I think it's they, like, it's it does like feel like Washington insert, insert name, team name here. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. It has, it has like a little, I don't know. It, it has a little charm to it. Like what? What, do you, what team do you root for? I didn't realize until they went to the generic name that their colors are kind of good. I kind of like their colors. Well, the I colors never, have always been good. I, just, I know, but I never realized it because they had this offensive cartoonish logo on the side of the helmet. You couldn't say, oh, I couldn't help. I couldn't enjoy the maroon color of the jersey. <laughs> yeah. But now, not even, yeah, with the racism not, gone. No, it's not even political correctness. It's just somehow that, like, you know, ruined the jersey for me. Somehow that stained it up. Like in a literal sense. Speaking of racism, I got I caught the N word in my email for the first time. Oh, you made it. I've gotten everything but that. This is the first time like it was typed out in words. Mm. And it wasn't even just it wasn't even just N word. It was effing N word. Like, oh my god! <laughs> my goodness! Oh my god! It was a modifier on there. Jesus! I caught a, I caught my first one in the business uh, on the text line. On an overnight show, some trucker. Uh, I think we were talking about Cam Newton. Ah, like at peak of Cam Newtonness. <laughs> Whoa, this was the less crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I, I caught one straight up at like four in the morning. I was like, "You are like, you're really here for the racism if you're doing it at four a.m." The funniest part <laughs> about the entire thing, dude left his entire name in the in the email. Really? I'm like, dude, that's ballsy. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Look, if you're going to do it, like, I appreciate you putting the name to it. Whole name. There's a phone number attached and oh. the his place of employment. So I'm just like, so do you not want to be employed anymore? Because I, I am going to make this call to your employer. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you if you're turning that over to HR or doing something with that. I feel like I can get down to the bottom of it quicker than any HR would. To be honest, I can I could have it done by the end of the day. The HR it's gonna be next month. All right, so this is this morning. This was uh, I actually got it on Friday and hadn't said anything about it to anybody. Okay, so do you get that email and do you laugh it off or does it derail your entire day or or what happens when you start? I don't want to like that? it. It hasn't it hadn't happened like I'd gotten some nasty emails, but like nothing along those lines. And especially when I started last year, when I wrote about. I wrote about Black Lives Matter one time in the newspaper, and you would have thought that I wrote about that every day. for 365 days. Did you write a Um, column about it? I wrote a column about what was going on in baseball with like guys taking knees, guys not playing different things like that. Uh, What that meant, what it was about. It was right along the times of the Jacob Blake shooting in Milwaukee or in uh, Kenosha. And uh, so kind of explaining all that in a way and like tying it in with what baseball was doing and how baseball is usually slow with these things. And I wrote about it like one time or twice, maybe. And yeah, people acted like I wrote about that every day. Um, And so I had gotten some about Black Lives Matter is racist and all. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm I used to brush those off. But like this, it was like so 
ran. It was the first thing I saw when I woke up in the morning because it went to my work email. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it was kind of like surprising. Like, oh, overt racism is hilarious to me now. Like people that dedicated to the craft. Of, but it was weird, like because, I'm, because it feels like a Chappelle show. It does, sketch yeah, to you yeah or it doesn't feel. Okay. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't. Well, right. I don't so, want to so say it doesn't feel real at this point because that softens it. But like it, like it's almost like, are is this a joke? Right. He's like, ah, we still we still out here doing this. Okay. Right. Like I could, cause cause I uh I tweeted about it this morning and like shout out to the folks. Do y'all really be rocking with the boy? And I appreciate that. Um. But like the dude, like it didn't even make sense in the context. Like I'm not gonna read it, but like it was almost like. You want me to? Do you want me to read it? No, nah, I don't need a Tony <laughs> Reese on Russ's racist email that he got. But like he just, it's almost like he threw some racist stuff in there, and then Jay Z was mentioned. <laughs> like, oh. Bro, when I tell you this joint is wild. <laughs> It's crazy. Oh, how did Jay? How did Jay Z get some shrapnel on this one? Because he was talking about uh, rap music. He was talking about a whole bunch of stuff that super random. And then at the end, it goes, "Hands up, don't shoot! I can't breathe. Burn this bitch down." <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know what that means. I don't either. And I like, but there, there it is at the bottom. Is it is it that one guy uh that, that rider in New York? You oh. think it's Phil Mushnick? <laughs> Phil Mushnick. Oh, he he finally heard the podcast a month later. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. But yeah, man, like I, I couldn't believe it. And apparently the dude is an attorney. <laughs> we'll, well find out for how much longer. Right. Yeah. So so this stuck with you throughout the day or what? Um I mean, you woke up thinking about it today. I woke up thinking about it today because I hadn't talked about it. Yeah. And I, I kind of just wanted to like be because I don't know if the dude follow me, follows me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. I'm just like, yo, you, I'm not afraid of you, dude. And like you, you're a coward because you sat behind your keyboard and typed this at me. Um, and you're still the same loser that you were when you woke up this morning. So like, I don't know how like life yeah. goes on, but like you can't. You can't talk to people that way, man. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? My my brother was out uh, for a run. Um, and uh, I think uh, it was like right near everything that happened to George Floyd. Um, and I guess some guy in a pickup truck, <clears throat> you know, was driving past my brother. And uh, I think he yells out. I think the quote was like, blue lives matter to you effing n-word and that was the the extent of it as it was like it was drive-by racism so- <laughs> <laughs> making it making racism as efficient as possible right <laughs> uh i was like hey man if, you, if you're that dedicated to the craft in, in 2021 it's like hey man you you got this one <laughs> i just yeah man i i have it that i bother you bother people that bad where it's like really like okay like is that's that's what you want to do that's what you want to do but like i would say for racist people out there leaving your name full name place of employment at the bottom of your racist emails probably suboptimal 
I'll tell you that. Having never been on the uh, on having never been a victim of racism, I always think that it would be horrible, that it would be horrifying and devastating and depressing. And I think for a lot of people, it often is. Tony always seems to think it's hilarious. I mean, that's I, I he's understand not, he's nodding that, his head. <laughs> I understand that response because it's just like sometimes you don't depends on when you catch it. Like for Tony, that's kind of his personality, but that's kind of how Tony receives things. Like most of the time, Tony's going to laugh about whatever you tell him, whether it's racism or funny thing that happened at work today. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's a weird space. Um. It's not one of those where you're like, ah, oh, I, I can't get to sleep because I can't get this or I can't believe somebody would. It's not that. It's just idiots out here being idiots. Now that we've covered that, I think it's time to start the show. I was about to say, like, this is a crazy way to start the show. This week. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that turned it on to hear the N word be like, oh, my God, I'm turning this off. <laughs> no, welcome uh, to uh, another installment of Sports Adjacent. I'm your host. One of your hosts, Russ Dorsey, along with partner in crime, Jason Leisure and Tony Gill on the boards. And uh, yeah, that was that's one of our craziest exchanges from open to intro. Yes. Episode 10 is uh, off to a, a, quite a start. We'll say yeah. we, we don't we always just hit record as soon as we're on here and we don't really know. We don't really decide until later when we're going to actually begin the show you know what i mean yeah so i mean this is a conversation we would have had either way and i it guess today is part of the, the show. show yeah that's how it usually goes <laughs> no nah, that's fine it's fine um we go ahead Russ. Go, no no you was gonna let you go ahead well we have a lot of things to talk about today i think a lot of do we yeah oh, i feel that like makes we do. Me very happy because i was hoping my list wasn't too uh too short over here so that the fact that you say we have a lot to cover that makes me excited for for what we have today russ is joining us from cleveland from his hotel room in downtown cleveland he's there to cover the cubs and the Indians. i am the beautiful views here in cleveland i'm overlooking uh the house that lebron built rocket mortgage field house formerly known as quicken loans arena uh and a parking lot so those are the beautiful views of cleveland there's a lot of parking lots and uh, what's the word dilapidation around Cleveland. I hope you're enjoying yourself there. I, uh, I guess there's food around. That's good, right? I guess there's food. Around. <laughs> <laughs> no, but shout out to all the uh, Clevelandites. I think that's what you guys are called. Clevelander. Oh, Clevelanders. I think. Is this, this is your, what are you doing right now? Are you I'm trying, trying to save to, this? For, yeah, I'm trying to save our you're, Cleveland you're gonna, demo. You're going to trash their city and then be like, hey, sorry, guys, I, I love you. Just kidding. Uh, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to keep the Clevelanders from listening to our podcast. Right. Actually, you know what? You can get a lot of anti Cleveland shirts at uh, <laughs> obvious shirts that I, that's like a whole department on theirs. Like you can buy Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks and then anti Cleveland. I don't think they list that as a subhead, but they could because they have one off uh, the Joe Kim Noah quote from a few years ago. They have a couple Cubs Cleveland related ones. Um, they got a lot of classic throwback Cubs and Hawks shirts I noticed over there. And uh, they got a lot of Bears ones that are new now. They've got Soldier Fields. They've got some Team Mongo shirts where 100% of the proceeds from those go to the McMichael family. 
And uh, we really appreciate Obvious Shirts sponsoring our podcast. And uh, not only do they have, Russ, not only do they have free shipping and free returns anyway at Obvious Shirts, they're also giving you an extra 10% off if you use our promo code ADJACENT10. With adjacent your to sports adjacent merch pre-orders now. Right now? Right now. Like if you're listening to the podcast, go to ivyshirts.com. All right. And you should look for the sports adjacent icon pre-order. Sounds good. What's going on in Cleveland today, man? Well, the Cubs are playing uh, Cleveland tonight. Two quick two game series here and then off to Detroit. But nothing, man. Like, I'm, I, think, I think the pod is the most exciting thing going on in, in the land today. I mean, did you fly there without incident finally? Uh, pretty much. Pretty although. Much, okay. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so I uh, get on the flight, sit down, and uh, I pick the seat next to the mom with the brand new baby. <laughs> um, okay. She was already be- seated? Yeah, she was already seated in the you window. Chose seat. that seat on purpose because I thought that nobody would s- decide to sit next to us. So I said, okay. "This is a good bet, safe right. bet." Um, cute little kid, like she said, he was like eight months old or something, and um, <laughs> it was the moment where like she decides, "Oh, I think this is a good time to breastfeed on this plane." Oh, and, <laughs> and so you, <laughs> hey, and so like natural thing, man. No, 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 it is. And that's why, like, I didn't I don't want to laugh. Think because but it we're was not funny. against it. No, I'm not against it at all. It's just funny to me when I like peek my head over and like a boo was out. And I was like, oh, let me turn back over here. And it's just mom, not something you're going to ex- you expect to have happen to you on a plane. I mean, if a boo comes out on a plane, it's, I'm curious, but it's a child involved. Like, I want to make sure I give mom and baby privacy. Right. Um, Normalize public breastfeeding, man. And I like I wanted to put my my jacket up so like she had her little like private area, but no, she was really nice. And the kid was like, this kid was killing this flight. Like he he was standing up on mom's legs and waving at people. And I'm like, man, you handle this a lot better than adults do. I immediately regret asking. No, you don't. Shut up. Yes, I do. <laughs> you enjoyed all of that. <laughs> so maybe, maybe one of these days I'll have a flight where I get to like take a nap and and do that like a normal yeah. person. I have a milk question. Oh my uh, god! Do I you can't guys wait. still drink regular milk? Oh my gosh, Tony! Like I regular I, milk I thought, from a cow? You mean? Yeah. Yo, I thought you were gonna take this somewhere, Tony, and I was gonna be like, Tony, I don't know if we can do this. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna you, have to re-record the entire yeah thing. you you righted the ship so do we still drink like vitamin d two percent all yeah, that yeah. i do yes. i don't drink it often but i do i don't drink it i would never have a glass of milk but i have skim milk in my cereal like why do we still do that like why wouldn't we i don't think i don't think adults are supposed to be drinking like stuff from a cow why? I'm not the guy to have this conversation with because I, I understand people talk about you, you shouldn't drink milk all the time. We shouldn't have dairy and all this stuff, but I don't have the the evidence to support those facts. I feel like they mind. lied. I feel like I feel like some the Farmers Association lied. I don't think we need milk. 
about like got milk and that whole ad campaign. Yeah. I don't what are mean. what are you drinking? What kind of milk are you using? Then? Almond milk. Almond. Oh, okay. Uh, if you, eh, I don't know, man. I you mix it up. Like my dad's lactose intolerant, so we drink almond milk anyway. But we also bought vitamin D, so or whole milk as it's called in the streets. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I don't I don't drink milk often enough where I'm really concerned. All right, just curious. All right. Thank you for that. Do you have Tony. any more thoughts? I mean, is there a different animal we should be drinking milk from, do you think, or what, Tony? Um, there's a wide range of milks that are out there. Uh, as we, far as we're going from, back to where I thought this was going. From plants or from animals? What are we? Uh, both, actually. There's You got okay. oat milk. Oats. You, go, you going milk. around looking for like alpaca milk or what? Uh, goat's milk. I'm good on that. There's yeah, no thanks. Because I'm just like, if, if we're not going to drink cow's milk, what makes goat milk so much better? Uh, you got soy, you got coconut, rice, hemp milk, cashew milk. Rice milk is great. Pea milk, hazelnut. So you have options out there if you don't want to drink the normal cow's milk. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird that like, ah, oh, we're still doing the cow thing. Milk wise, you understand that that's in cheese too, right? I mean, are you eating a cheeseburger thinking about this, or are you to you no, that's a whole just, different product? Yeah, that's a whole different thing in my head, even though it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go milk. This is why we have you around, Tony. This is why we have you around. Is the NBA the only sport that has fun on Twitter? Because there's nothing else. Like what we what we see on a regular basis in, in the NBA Twitter world, you never see, I feel like, in baseball, football, hockey, anything like that. I think, yeah, I don't think anybody can compete with the NBA, NBA Twitter. Um, I think sometimes football has some fun stuff, but for the most part, yeah, what the NBA has to offer every night, because you have guys who aren't playing in games that are watching games like regular fans. Um, and then there's beef like regularly. So yeah, I, I don't think, and we got some of that. Yeah. The, the, the NBA has embraced the drama and the soap opera side of their sport better than any other league. And for sure, anytime I hear people say that in a negative way, Oh, there's too much drama in the NBA or the NBA is always a soap opera. I'm like, you're missing it. That's, that's the best part of that television show. Yes. I, I love that television show called the NBA, and this is all part of it. This is all part of the fun. And this week, much to my delight, we have Kent Bazemore, formerly a man who signed a $70 million contract that summer when the entire league went crazy because they got all the TV money all at once. Uh, going at it oh, with boy. Brad. He's your boy, Kent Bazemore. Yeah. yeah. Can, I get through, can I get through the setup of this and then you can... Tell us why he's your boy. Yeah, yeah. Do you mind, producer? Kent Bazemore and Brad Beal going at it uh, in an argument about Brad Beal and Steph Curry battling for the scoring title. Go ahead, Tony. Why do you love Kent Bazemore so much? Well, I, it, well, the biggest reason is because he is a legend at the bank. Um, when you run through the list of athletes that are that have finessed the system and finessed the game, he is one of them. He Eight point five. 
points per game for his career, nine seasons, 76 million in career earnings. Yes, I man. mean, he wasn't, he wasn't a bum. Like that's part of it. Like he's not, he's at the tail end now, but like when he got that money, you know, he, he was a good role player. He was also, coming. Also uh, a DAP master. He's a super DAP master. Like he's comfortable in all DAP situations, always prepared with the DAP. When the starters come back to the bench, he's he's my kind of guy. All At the right, time so- we're recording this, by the way, Steph Curry is at 31.9 points per game with three games left, and Beal is at 31.4 with three games left. I think they're each going to play one game before this episode hits iTunes. But you have Kent Bazemore marveling at Steph Curry for scoring 49 points in 29 minutes, which is incredible, and saying, uh, as a joke, we've got people out here pulling hamstrings trying to catch up to him. 49 points in 29 minutes, though, that's that's unreal. And we got guys hurting hamstrings trying to keep up. So, yeah, I got to do some research on that. Oh, you got me, money. <laughs> and then, and Brad Beal did not take that well. He did not. And let Kent Bazemore know immediately how he felt. Um, taking to Twitter like we all do. <laughs> you got some smoke for somebody, uh, and <laughs> the the first tweet was the best. LOL. Should I let him live or really go off? <laughs> Question mark. And we know which way that went. Oh yeah, we know we went. Next tweet. I stay in my lane. Focus on Brad. I don't care another man doing this league. I'm concerned about me and my guys over here. Keep that goofy shit over there at 24 bays more. Then he retweets an article that says Bradley Beal calls out Kent Bazemore over subliminal comments. You straight lame. (laughs) I don't know why. You don't know why I go out there and play. It damn sure ain't for another man's approval. You a straight lame. Can I just interrupt? You reading that is hilarious, by the way. Like, I know you have Tony reading as a segment, but you reading Brad Beal tweets (laughs) should be a segment. You enjoy me hearing as though I'm reading a report on something i want you, you to say you, you a straight, a straight lame, lame. that's hilarious what does that mean by the way i mean i know it's an that insult but, what, but okay thank you russ i appreciate that <laughs> but specifically can you give me a is there a can you sharpen that definition a little i can tell it's an insult he's and i know what it means that, to call someone he's saying lame. that kent Bazemore is a cornball a, a corny dude a goofy okay, um i don't know how better to say it but like <laughs> If so, it's like if you're in Chicago and somebody calls you a goofy, you know what that means. It's basically the same thing. You're lame. Okay. You're corny, whatever. I thought it was actually a funny line by Kent Bazemore if you watched the video, but then he sat there and basked in the joke a little too much. Yeah, he had the like, awkward like laugh. He, he got a good line off, and then he's like, "Get." it's kind of like, to, you know, comparable to being like, get it, guys? Did, did you get it? That's another reason. You know what I meant? I was was talking about Brad Beal. Did you (laughs) get it? He went for it. Yeah, he had just like left it there. He had the awkward. It was like he said it and then he had (laughs) and then everybody was like, because then he like was pointing at somebody on the Zoom was like, you get it. You get it. I was like, yeah, no, dude, stop. How do you decide whether you're going to enter one of these beefs on Twitter or Instagram or some other social media? How do you pick which one? Because I've seen these. Go down on Instagram too. It's a well, lot to keep track of. I'm I like that Brad Beal 
kept that same energy because a lot of dudes would have like, I don't think if he had just said whatever, Kent Bazemore averages seven points a game and I'm going to win a scoring title. Probably. I don't think, and just ignored it. That That's fine. But you know, if, if it's really beef, because the worst thing is when you say there's beef, like y'all talking on the court like it's beef, y'all talking post game like it's beef, and then there's never any conclusion from it. That's whack. Like that's super corny. But so I'm glad that Brad came straight out and was like, you, you know what it is, and and did it all night, retweeting stuff, liking comments that calling Kim Bazemore a clown and a goofy and stuff. Come yeah, you didn't mention the directly. clown meme. You did, you forgot to mention the clown. Oh, yeah. So yeah. there in uh, the series of Brad Bill tweets, there is uh, a clown gif that he he tweeted, but he took it down, though. He deleted oh, it's still it. there. I can here, I'll hold if it you up can to find the camera it, for you. There it is. It's just a picture of a clown with uh, waving Kent, Kent Bazemore's account name and three fingers pointing down at the clown. Yeah, it it's. He was with the shits, as the kids say, because he was. Oh, what does that mean? That means he was with like he wasn't playing around. Like, oh, OK. All right. He okay. didn't. He wasn't going about it. Uh, um, subtweeting or anything like he's added Kent Bazemore on Twitter. Like, you, I, I know who you were talking about and what's up. And so now. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. Um, on like whose part? On Bill's part. <sighs> I mean, he's punching down. It is punching down in some yeah. degree. Kim Bayley knows exactly who he is and where his standing <laughs> is in the NBA. And that's why I like him. Like he he knows <laughs> like, hey, I'm a career bench guy. I'm happy to be here. I am enjoying this NBA experience. And anybody can get these jokes. Like Brad Bill is like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I, I do this. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, we know you're Brad Bill, and we know he's Kim Bazemore. Like, what? What is this? It'll be I different. Felt like if, Bill took it way too seriously. He did. He, if this was like Steph saying it, then I'd be like, okay, you. This is a more interesting. Like somebody who's actually your friend, yeah. Or not even just somebody just on your level as a as a player, a peer, right? A as peer. a peer, right? Because you know they're equals, Steph, and not in terms of like you know, career and aspiration, stuff like that. But just in terms of skill level, Bradley Bill is on that level. So it's like, dude, why are you, why are you punching down for Kent Bazemore? It's only because you feel comfortable doing it because it's Kent Bazemore. I I mean, I feel like Brad, if Bron said that to him, Bron, I mean, uh, Brad wouldn't like be be scared to go at him. But I'm just like, I kind of just like that. Yo, you got something to say about me and didn't want to say my name. Like, I'm here. What's up? I respect that. It was funny. The whole thing was funny, man. I think it, it was funny. It was I, a I don't funny. It was a funny joke that Kent Bazemore botched by yes. looking around, pausing for laughs, <laughs> looking for confirmation. If he had just left it there. It would have been so much funnier. And now we add that to the great NBA beefs of Joel Joel Embiid versus Carl Anthony Towns and Shaq versus Rudy Gobert and Kevin Durant versus literally anyone who has an account. <laughs> I like this one. I, th- I think they need to keep it going, though. I don't. I don't want this to be a story that ends after one day. I don't know, man. I think this is a one day thing. <laughs> it should be. Like, like it was. It, it was going. fun. Like though, it makes for a fun night on Twitter where you're like, "Uh oh, what's going on?" And then there's response. And unfortunately, Bazemore was playing in the game when Brad was going off, so there wasn't a, a an immediate response. But 
it's nice when it gets gets the streets talking. If this happened with two NFL players, this would be both coaches talking about it at press conferences the next morning, talking about they don't like distractions. This isn't going to be a problem in our locker room as we're getting ready to play the Eagles or whatever. Why do you think this is so embraced and just part of how things work in the NBA and it's not in the other sports, Russ? Because I think the NBA is okay with entertainment. Like they understand that part about this. Yes, it's a sport and yes, games are played and awards are won and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's also entertainment. So if that draws more attention to these last couple of games, but with, you know, Brad Beal and Steph going for the scoring title, by all means, please promote our product on social media. Thank you. Like, I think that's how the NBA looks at it. Whereas the other sports aren't as good with, you know, promoting its product through social media and through personalities within the sport. I think the NBA lets its players, it treats its players more like adults than the other sports. And I think that you see it from top to bottom in the NBA where the players feel like they're in a partnership with the league because they are, because that's how those businesses work. It's different than 99% of us talking and listening on the listen, talking on and listening to this podcast where you are an employee and you have bosses and things like that. And it's not a partnership. It's not the way it is in professional sports. A few of us, if any, are as valuable to our employer as these guys are to theirs. So it's a much different relationship. And you always feel like the NBA players are in partnership with the league. Whereas baseball, their union is always fighting with the league and the NFL they're they're It's very adversarial. And in the NBA, a big product of that is that the players are their own brands. And so the players, when Brad Beal gets into this situation, this little back and forth with Kent Bazemore, I don't think that the coaches or anybody else is getting involved. Like this is Brad Beal's situation. This is not the team's situation. This is not, this doesn't become a Washington wizards problem. And I like that. That feels more grown up as opposed Mm -hmm. to the NFL, where if there's some problem like this in an NFL locker room, it's like you have stained the, you know, tradition and honor of the Chicago Bears or something like that. Yeah. And also, what? go ahead, Tony. I was gonna say, and also, the only other sport is boxing or mixed martial arts where, like, if you talk, like, you got to see that person. Mm-hmm. Like, the NBA, <laughs> you got to see that person eventually. Like, you may not mm-hmm. see him for the rest of this year, but you're going to play him twice next year, wherever he's at, if he's on the West Coast and you're on the East Coast or in the Eastern Conference. So you can potentially have a matchup where you can go at this person on the court, whereas in football, unless it's really specific, like cornerback, receiver, um, quarterback, defensive lineman or Mm -hmm. whatever, um, unless it's really specific, like you aren't going to see the two beefing parties kind of match up on the field of play. Uh, In basketball, you have that opportunity. Now, Kim Bazemore is obviously a bench player, um, so some you know some substitution patterns may have to happen mm-hmm. for that to meet up, but it's a high chance that Kent Bazemore is gonna guard Bradley Beal. And even outside, like a lot of these dudes hang out in the same spots all the off season. Must be in L.A., Miami, New York. You gonna run into somebody? And if I'm we at the same club, you yeah, <laughs> was good. Like it might not necessarily be this because this was kind of dumb, but I've seen more serious situations where it's like if we're at the same club and you was talking real greasy about me what's up 
And I, I respect that. Like, if you're going to catch me in the street, then like if you're really tough enough to talk about me in this way and you're going to do it not to me now that I see you now, it's on site. Like like when uh, when Kevin Garnett talked about uh, Carmelo Anthony's wife. Yeah, you got to see me. Oh, my good. Yeah, see that. That's that's one of those things. Well, that feels you, a little different. You got to spin the block. <laughs> you can't you can't let nobody talk about and see this is what we talked about with jason a couple weeks ago like he tries mm-hmm. to stay out of altercations but yeah. i'm telling you if somebody got on a rival podcast and started yeah. saying oh man jason's married to ashley leisure who if jake man i'd get jason up out of here if then we'd have to roll down on somebody bro they'd have to they'd have to catch They'd have to have these hands. What? How yes, it go? you would have to catch these hands. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There you go. We're getting there. We are gonna get yes. you in some beef, especially me, if they call me, me a straight lane. <laughs> you're a sports fan, right? Of course you are. That's probably why you're listening to this podcast, and that's why you need to hit up Obvious Shirts. Owned and operated since 2015, Obvious Shirts is for fans by fans. No matter what team in town you cheer for. They have something for you. Featuring unique and creative designs, they'll help you stand out in any ballpark. Go to ObviousShirts.com and use promo code ADJACENT10. That's promo code ADJACENT10 to receive 10% off your next purchase. Obvious Shirts. Words on shirts. So, they know we were talking about beef. So, we, we, we that's, that's external, you know, not on the same team beef, but... Maybe a little uh, internal beef conflict between teammates that happens in sports. So this week, Jeff McNeil, uh, second baseman for the New York Mets and Francisco Lindor, superstar shortstop, just signed a mega deal for the New York Mets. Got into a little altercation uh, in their game, one of their games this week where they were down in the tunnel and people could hear there was some commotion. And as players are walking off the field into the dugout, you see two players, Michael Conforto and and Dominic Smith running into the tunnel to seemingly break something up. So it was later confirmed that, you know, there was an altercation between McNeil and Francisco Lindor who had a little bit of a dust up in the, in the tunnel. Apparently McNeil had a little bit of a shiner underneath one of his eyes and so everybody kind of knew what happened post game. I didn't everybody, but you, yes, I know. I, now that you're saying it, I read this story mm-hmm. when it first happened. So and you didn't, I didn't know what led up to, I, I didn't understand the story. Maybe it was just a, a poorly written article that I was reading, but I didn't understand what it was going on at all. Right. Cause then people made it about the, the rat and raccoon part that I, yeah, I started about. thinking there was a raccoon in the clubhouse then. So when asked about the altercation, uh, Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil both said there wasn't an altercation. Hey, Francisco, um, what exactly happened in the uh, in the tunnel there? <laughs> Steve, it was, it was funny because I told him, I was like, hey, I'd never seen a New York rat. So we went down sprinting. <laughs> I want to go see a New York rat. And he got mad at me. He's like, no, it's not a rat. It's a raccoon. I'm like, hell no, man. It's a damn rat. It's a New York rat, man. I was just crazy because if we were going back and forth debating if it was a rat or a raccoon. <laughs> crazy, man. Insane. Who, who was he? Who are you debating that with? 
Uh, with Jeff. With Jeff. I was like, bro, you got you to check this out. I was like, this is a New York rat. He's like, no, man, I've been here longer than you. <laughs> hey, Francisco. So uh, so what, what happened to that rat? Like, how did the situation get resolved? I probably wanted the ground screw guys came and grabbed it. Um, I still got to go back and figure out if it was a rat or a raccoon. And they go on this whole corny story to kind of deflect away from the fact that they had a fight in the tunnel. And then it continued not only that night, but the next day. And it's all over all the back pages in New York. And it was dumb. And it was just like, had they just said, yo, yeah, we had uh, a little altercation and we had to take care of it between teammates and it's fine. Family gets in arguments. It would have been done, but they didn't. And so now like they have this, this situation where, Oh man, it's a bigger story than it would have been had they just came out and said what it was about. Well, how do two baseball teammates have a fight? I mean, I know that it's happened a bunch, but I don't understand in an individual sport like that. I mean, why, it's why a fight would ever happen? Disagreement. You could disagree about on things. Um, the, well, for second baseman and shortstops, that's, you know, those two, especially defensively, like you have to be in tune. Yeah. So I could understand that. Um, those are two important guys in that clubhouse. Maybe there it's a it's an issue, like, but who knows? Like, even if it's something out outside of baseball, like, hey, we're gonna have disagreements sometimes. We don't necessarily have to it might not be a fight worthy thing, but you know, even if we do, like, yo, we took care of it, we're fine, and, and now we've moved on. But I think sometimes there's just always this effort to who we can't let people know that human beings are in here and sometimes they don't get along, like. I think it would have been over and done with. And then you you kind of muck it up with this whole story of, oh, it was a, a raccoon and a possum or a rat. And instead of, look, we had to tighten each other up real quick, a little <laughs> scrap in the in the in the tunnel. And now we're, we're done or it's good. I wish that their fake story was real because it's more interesting than them just fighting a little skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there was like a raccoon and a possum and a rat that are somehow all in the same tunnel. And maybe, maybe those animals are fighting each other or something like that. And these guys just get caught in the middle of it on their way to the clubhouse and back. That's more interesting than whatever it is they actually fought about. Yeah, likely, likely, especially in New York, you know, there's going to be some rats in there. There's rats all over, man. There's, I mean, we have them in Chicago too, but like it, it's, it's something people joke about there, but really every time you get on the subway, once the subway car or one, like once the car leaves, you look down and there's just a million rats all over the, down by the tracks. No, sir. Do you get freaked out by small animals? Um, like rats, mice, chipmunks, squirrels, I don't like, things like that. I don't like rats or mice. Not a big fan. Small rodents like that. Um, freaked out. No, but don't like. I get excited when I see like the uncommon animals, like a fox. If you see a fox, that's pretty rare. Yeah. You see a fox running around, uh, even a skunk. Like if I see one kind of walking, I, I, I've seen one walking down the sidewalk and I don't want to be anywhere near that, but it is kind of like, I was about, oh, to, I was about to say, that's kind of cool to see one in real life. And uh, raccoons too. You don't see a lot of raccoons in general. Raccoons are the worst. Why? I, my well one my parents house is like they're it's like raccoon city 
Like okay. they, but we, they live in a foresty area. So yeah. you're going to expect more record, but like, like they're getting into the trash and stuff or yeah, man, like trash. They've gotten into, they get in people's houses. Like they get into people's houses. Yeah. Like they, cause they have like, your parents had a raccoon get inside their house. It's not inside, but it's like they scratch on the roof and like they get the break, the roof tiles and all that stuff. Like it's not, it's a lot of houses in the area. So raccoons are menaces, bro. We had a rat in the ceiling once at an apartment that I lived in in New Orleans. And it had the ceiling had these like panel lights. And so that part of the, th- that tile in the ceiling was clear and you could see the rat's feet walking on it. And it took them, it took them weeks to get that thing out of there finally. But I was glad they did. Uh, with raccoons, you know that they're very cleanly. Do you know they wash their food before they eat it? You made that up. No, they do. Look it up, man. There's a lot of interesting stuff about raccoons. There was a park that we went to in Miami called Grenells Park, where it's full of raccoons, like you're talking about your parents' house. And I guess from so many years. Wait, 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 wait. We have to clear this up. My my parents don't have raccoons in, in the house. It's like they live around. The way I heard it was your parents' house is full of raccoons. <laughs> don't say that, dude. You know, my parents listen to this podcast. Why would you say that? And you're the you're- one always concerned about what they hear on here. I'm also concerned about their raccoon infestation. They don't. <laughs> Horses are on drugs, man. Like, it's a problem. We got to just say no. Isn't that what the, the the PSA says? Just say I no. I think it's been updated to just say no unless you think it can help you win and get away with it. That's what it is yeah. for Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit. That test is positive for I don't want to I don't want to say this wrong on the podcast. So I'm gonna look at it and decide if I want to read it or not. We'll have Tony read it. Tony's the reader. Tony's All right, the narrator. Tony, write it. You have a pen and a piece of paper. I'm gonna spell it and see oh, if you can say it. Who writes anymore? All right. Just you're just gonna have to do your best. Uh, go ahead, Russ. Go ahead, Russ. Better meet the zone. Huh, I actually did better than I thought I would on that. That sounds right. I don't have it in front of me, but that sounds like the name of a drug. So tested positive. Uh, celebrity trainer Bob Baffert was. Uh, he went on a little press run saying how the this was a product of cancel culture and that this were cancel culture trying to get his him and his horse out of here. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, it it didn't take all that. So now it's it's a big deal because you have to find out, all right, do we have a new Kentucky Derby winner? And this the Preakness is, I think, this weekend. Preakness stakes. That's the second leg of the <laughs> second leg of the, the triple crown. I love watching you trying to do a horse racing segment. It's actually, I mean, interesting. I watched three races a year and they're the three legs of the triple crown. So that's three more than I thought you watched per year. There's a lot you don't know about me, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) But so they're trying to figure out if the horse can actually race in the Preakness, because it's like if I'm a horse owner, I'm like, hey, this dude's juicing. Why would I let this horse race if they cheated for the first one? But the sample could come back diluted in the second. And then it's they they're, quote unquote, exonerated from all of this. So a very weird situation, but very weird that. Bob Baffert would blame cancel culture for trying to get a horse out of here. It was the horse like a Trump supporter or what? The funny part is he what were the horse's on, beliefs. He said it on Fox News. So, okay. 
the fact that that was the first place that he went should tell us something. Nothing, nothing from you guys. Tony, well, Tony was about to talk, and then I was trying to let him. We don't have a lot of awkward standoffs like that on this podcast, but I guess we are now. Because I, I know I'm, I'm about to get people mad about this. Here we go. Well, why do you care about that? That's your that's your whole mo. I, I would. I'm more interested in rather than that. I'm more interested in hearing the various extraneous bizarre thoughts that you probably have about horse racing itself. Tony, do you think, what do you think is going through the mind of the horse when it's racing? Um, One, I think it's disgusting. Um, Horse racing. Why we treat this like it's an actual sport. Like it's a thing. Like if it feels gross uh, for one. And I hate that we do this to these animals. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just weird that they treat this like, I mean, there's no human element to this. Besides the jockey. Well, there's a jockey and a trainer. I mean, but nobody remembers the jockey's name. Nobody cares about the jockey. It's all about the horses. And it's like, I, I don't, I will never understand horse racing. I don't want to understand horse racing. I think it's stupid Um, that like it's coverage for this. Like, like it's a real sport. Like it's not. Like it's it's so dumb to me. And uh if you like horse racing, I, I think there may be something wrong. All right. All right. That's, that's you, a take. That's yeah. Definitely a take. Do you consider the horses athletes, Tony? I do not. You do not, but it's a sport and they're racing. Uh no. They're not, they're Why not is the horse not an athlete? It they're trains, animals. it practices. They're animals. Do they, do you think they want to do that? What about those dogs that go through the uh the dog agility courses? Like, aren't those dogs not athletes? No, they're just dogs. They look like they're having fun. Like, if the horses are having fun getting beat and whipped, and and that doesn't seem fun. Do you think the horse knows it's in a Sorry race? Sorry to bring the segment down, guys. I'm just really, like, bad. No, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, I should have really known the dumbest you would, thing ever. After I should have known you would uh, do whatever is the opposite of what we were hoping you would do. I mean, I didn't know what to expect from this segment. I was just letting you guys know what's been going on in, in the horse streets. Yeah, you just saw horse on drugs, and you're like, "This is horse this is PDs, a, man." Right. And it's like, yes. so, it's like, so what? So what? It's an animal. Who cares? Well, no, the Bob I mean, Baffert giving, said that giving the, animals steroids this seems is so like an unfair issue. Unfair to the horse. Bob Baffert was talking about Russ how this is unfair to the horse, as though the horse is now like living in shame and dishonor because of this test right. result. Like, like the horse can't shoot itself with PD. <laughs> 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 the horse is in the back of the stall trying to find a vein (laughs) it's not like that at all um the the trainer or somebody in the barn or the stalls give gave the horse this and yeah the horse is kind of just along for the ride no pun intended at that point tony do you think the horse likes racing do you think it likes competing against other horses uh no um because it's strictly all for the monetary benefit of the owners of said horse like they're gonna they're gonna take them in the back once they're done or if they break a leg they're just gonna shoot them right make glue out of them you know what's funny Tony? when you said this is gonna make people mad a couple minutes ago that's where i thought you were gonna go instantly but you kind of took us the the scenic route but you got yeah it. he took his time I mean, yeah. they don't they don't like what like it, Nobody cares about this. It's strictly all money. This is all money. And that's all it is. That's all it's always been. There's no honor, respect, 
tradition of the game. It's horses, dude. Like, it's dumb. Is it the whipping that you're mad about? Is that it? Is that what this I just is really don't about? Like people, if they just let the horses just kind of ride without, or if the jockeys weren't allowed to use the look, whip, if, is that is that why? If this was just a thing that degenerates wanted to just take part of, that's that's fine. But don't don't treat this like it's a sport. It's not a sport. It's never been a sport. It's just people being degenerates about this and being like uppity about this. Being degenerates because they gamble on it. People gamble on every sport now. Y'all yeah, have a show started on with your... the horses, though. I mean, I don't know if you can say the gambling is the reason that it's degenerates. Cause... And it's not even like if there if this was like a chariot race, that would even be more of a sport to me. Because it seems like there's some skill involved in, in mm. riding a chariot. How I don't see how it's different. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different. It's like it would still be bad, but it's a little bit different. So you would so if Russ and I were like, hey Tony, you want to go out to Arlington Park? go to the horse races you'd say no but the future home of the bears right 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 <laughs> but if russ was like hey i know i know where there's like a uh you know a back alley chariot race you're in yeah that'd be fire <laughs> all right we gotta find the uh the undercover chariot races in the chicagoland area you guys think this is a sport i i don't i don't i i don't know to me, I think it guess I guess it's a yes in some ways. I do because it's like horse racing is a sport because it's not just these three races in the triple crown circuit. It's like there's a ton of races before this and even after it. Um and horses compete. So I guess since horses compete, like it is a sport and there's winners and I guess that I don't have a good way to to defend it because I'm like I'm not a horse racing guy. I'm just kind of I just brought the pr- top pr- topic to the table. So, but I think yeah, I think it is. What other sport is when uh, one of the athletes retires that you just put it down? NASCAR. They That's not wait a minute. NASCAR. Wait a minute. That's not necessarily what happens to all these horses. I I'll say like some of them. Well, or or or. Um, or they uh they force them to mate so they can try and recreate that horse. I was gonna say like a LeBron. We need to make another one of you. All right, segment over. (laughs) (laughs) Segment over. Like we don't do that. Nope, we're done. We're done here. We're done here. Doing that. Nope, Tony. Tony, it's it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Segment's over. It's fine. Russ, are you curious at all about this Tim Tebow experiment in Jacksonville? He's coming back as a tight end now. Am I curious? No. Am I interested to see what happens? Sure, I guess. But I think it's honestly just it is and no fault of his own, but it's it's kind of just like one of those things with NFL, just like, dude, you let a good a dude that went to play a whole different sport. Hasn't thrown a pass, hasn't played football in eight years. Um, come back and get an opportunity to play tight end for a a team that's expected to have some success this year. That's it's kind of crazy. You feel like it's unearned. You feel like it's just only because Urban Meyer is the coach there. Correct. Okay. Hundred percent. 
He this is interesting to me because it's a move that he could have made a long time ago and nine years ago. Yeah. yeah. And and everybody thought and you have no way of knowing, but everybody thought he could have kept, worked. He might have been better and been more successful in that role than as a tight end than as a quarterback. And he never wanted to do it, which I also respect. I you don't have to play tight end. No, you don't have to say that's what I want to do. You don't have to say I will stay in football no matter what, no matter what position they want me to play. You can say I like playing quarterback. And if I don't get to play quarterback, then I don't really want to play this sport. Totally okay. But I'm curious what has sparked this from him now that now at almost 34 years old, having been out of the game since 2012, he wants now he's willing to make that move and play tight end. I think part of it is I I know you you know we talk about this all the time. Like a lot of these dudes, you get out into the real world, outside of sports, and it's just like, dude, I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do now. And like he's done things. Like he's, obviously he's played baseball. Uh, he's had he's been an analyst on ESPN. So he's been doing things outside of the game and it looked like he's been, he like was fine doing like the stuff he did with college football was cool and whatever. But it, I think a lot of these guys, you realize like, man, I don't have that competitive. I don't get to be competitive like I used to. I don't get to have that drive of being around teammates like I used to or not in the same way. And uh, that's really hard for guys. So I think that might be something that he was dealing with, like just being in a locker room again and being involved in, team sports again like that's it's addicting i think he has a chance to be decent i think he would have had a chance to be decent i should say if he did if it he, earlier if he had tried this even like five years ago yeah i mean at 34 he's jimmy graham's age and people question whether jimmy graham can keep doing it yeah and jimmy graham's been doing it all along training for this all along um did you feel the same way about him playing baseball about him being in the minors for the Mets that it was not earned and that he was just trading off his name? I felt like it was gimmicky. I will say, you know, he, he hit like two fifteen over the course of his time playing minor league baseball, but like he had gotten a double a and he was like hitting homers and stuff. Like he wasn't the best player, but he did improve every year that he had played. And he was, if he hadn't broke his wrist, um, I think it was 2018 when he broke his wrist, he would have been in the big leagues by 2019, 2020, whether that had been a hundred percent earned that's to be determined. But like, I do think it, I, it's respectable that a guy who had never done that was at least in eh, at baseball. I think there's some there's some respect because baseball is a really difficult sport to play when you've played it your whole life, let alone yeah. when you haven't played it since high school. I think that he would have never gotten that door open for him if he wasn't Tim Tebow. But I also mm -hmm. think I think what he did was impressive. I mean, he had a season in the minors where he hit 270. And I know mm -hmm. that hitting 270 in the minors is not that doesn't amaze you if it's anybody but Tim Tebow. A lot of guys can't hit 270. That work at that every every day, yes. And and like you said, that sport of all sports to go from age eighteen to whatever age he started playing baseball, uh, twenty five or whatever it mm -hmm. was, twenty seven, without having played, and then to get back into it and even be able to make it that far, I always thought it was impressive. I th I feel like he's been ridiculed the whole time that he's been doing that, but I I thought it was 
because that's the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a baseball. I always thought it was impressive that he made it as far as he did in that. Absolutely. No, it would be less impressive to me if he can come back and make their roster as a tight end than the fact that he got to double A and was hitting okay in baseball. It, and it's just like he's never caught passes before. So, like, you're learning an entirely new position. Um, Because I know he played some special teams with – didn't he play some special teams with the Patriots? Somebody had him doing some kind of hybrid. You know, yeah. So, I, that – he'll have to do that. He'll have to play special teams. I just don't know at 34. I think it's just I want to be at a training camp again. I want to – go through the rigor of, you know, those months in June, July, August, getting ready for an NFL season again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I don't even, I can't say that he's coming in there. Like, I know I'm going to get a spot on this team. Maybe him and urban Meyer have some agreement that he'll make the team regardless, but they already have five, they have five tight ends on their roster. And so the, it's an uphill battle regardless, unless this nepotism situation that we all think is happening works out. In his I don't think he's making their team. If he's not good enough, I think that his relationship with Meyer gets him in the door, but they, in the end, at the end, I mean, they only get to keep 53 guys on the active roster. Maybe he, he makes it as a practice squad guy. If he's willing to humble himself enough to do that, but I don't think he's taken up a roster spot. I mean, those roster spots are precious to yeah. the coaches and GMs. They're not giving one to, to Tim Tebow just to be nice. We'll see. I, I, I listen, man. It, and it's, it's one of those things where you're like, there was a guy who played quarterback that did not get an opportunity and everybody's up. Oh, he's washed. He hadn't been in the league in so-and-so years. And, and Tim Tebow hasn't played football in eight and got an opportunity. So, well, nobody's calling him to come play quarterback. Doesn't Tebow. matter. They're calling him. They're yeah. calling for a job. After eight years of not taking hits, not playing against competition, not doing anything football related. Do you think people are rooting for him? Are rooting for this to work out or rooting against him? Because I, I would say he's kind of polarizing. Uh, he splits the room. There's a lot of people <laughs> that don't like him. I think he splits the room. I I, I don't think he's a, a bad dude. I, I Yeah, he splits the room in that regard to me because I think there are people who like Tim Tebow and just want him to do well. I think there are a lot of people who look at the situation like this guy doesn't deserve this. Like there's a lot of people who deserve this opportunity and he's not one of them. And so, you know, I don't, I think you should root for people to fail, but I think there, there are people who might be rooting against them. Yeah. Last week we did Bill Gates free agency. This week we could have done J Lo free agency, but it's already oh over. Gosh. I think. Well, yeah, freaking Ben Affleck Just got like back that. in there, man. Just like that, that would have been a good topic for our show today. We have a lot of other stuff that we didn't get to besides that, though. As we uh, wind down on time here, Rust Aaron Rodgers still mad at the Packers. Yeah, I don't uh, see how that ends well for our friends up north. That seems like it will it will go well for the Bears either way. Probably be the highlight of their offseason if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere <laughs> right. else. Even after, with drafting after everything Jones. that they've been through, that is still going to be the highlight. Yes. Uh, Russell Westbrook set the all-time record with 182 career triple doubles. And his quote afterward is, normally I don't pat myself on the back, but tonight I will. I love Russell Westbrook. No, nah, he's the best. Good for us. 
Tom Brady drinks up to 25 glasses of water per day. And that's news. Okay. Uh, they found a six foot 10, 240 pound fish in the Detroit river believed to be over a hundred years old. Did you see that story this week? Yeah, I did. That's uh, yeah. That's a fish the size of Anthony Davis. Yeah. <laughs> see, you said six foot 10. I'm like, Jesus. Six foot what 10, NBA player. Speaking yeah. of Anthony Davis, do you think it'd be fun to play with LeBron? Do you think you'd want that? That seems like not everyone has loved that experience. I think you and LeBron have to have a, a relation, some type of a relationship for that to work. And I think part of it is, do you want, cause you know, having a lot asked of you is not a big deal, but it's like, it doesn't work necessarily the way most teams do where there's like a team structure. Like he is the team structure. So probably the same way it was with Mike and same way it was with Kobe. Like it's not, it's different. Like it's their team and it kind of runs the way they want it to. So if I had a relationship with him, like Anthony Davis had or Chris Paul had or D Wade had, or even Chris Bosch had, sure. I'd play with my friends. Um, it'd be like with playing with you on a, a basketball team. But if I didn't know him and I was coming in to be his second, third, fourth option, I don't know if I would want to do that, but who knows if you're in that situation and you're at the end and you're like, man, I need a ring. Yeah. I'll go play with LeBron. Once you get that ring though, you might be ready to get out. That seemed to be, that was how Kyrie Irving felt. And then he changed his mind, changed yeah. his mind later. It happened. Uh, uh, lastly, important news. Uh, Hopefully this is not still true by the time you're hearing this, but right now at the time we're recording, there's a tiger on the loose in Houston, Texas. Run for cover. That's a worse problem than raccoons, Russ. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. You can download Sports Adjacent on iTunes and anywhere else that streams podcasts. Uh, We'd love it if you'd subscribe, give us a rating, tweet at us, tweet us things you think about stuff we talked about. We will start incorporating that into the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will see you next Thursday. Yep. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.